Hello, and welcome to episode 17 of the Dangerous Dean podcast, where we talk about all the dangerous truths that they don't want to tell you on the mainstream media. I'm Courtney Turner, and I'm the host of the Courtney Turner podcast. And with me is my very dangerous co-host. She is the medical rebel, Dr. Lee Merritt. And today we have with us a dangerous dude, Dr. Jason Dean. How are you doing today, Dr. Lee Merritt? Hey, good. And I actually, uh, well, we all met at Red Pill. Right. Yes. That's I was just going to say in Iowa. And we're going to the next one, June 15th and 16th, I think, in, uh, yeah, in yes. Rapid City, South Dakota. Yeah, yes. I'm looking forward to that. So June 15th and 16th. I am I'll have, I'm going to be, in fact, what we're going to talk to Dr. Dean about today is what I'm actually going to be speaking on at the Red Pill is uh, the, basically the lies about medicine. It's like what causes, I'm going to talk about what causes disease and what they've lied to us about. It's really shocking. So We'll get into I that with Dr. Wait. Bean. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Well, yeah, let's, uh, should we do uh, our, uh, it's uh, the friend of Dr. G. Edward Griffin is uh, John Richardson. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's uh, show our uh, rncstore.com. You can get, using your code DANGEROUS, you can get 10% off to support your health. And yeah, right there. Yep. And I guess I'm going to break down and get some rather than wait for the bars for a while. I'll get the bars when they come out, too. But, you know, I, I love this uh, idea and I've just got to get with it. I've been taking them every morning. Yeah. So, yeah, but we've had I two like dangerous them. dudes in a week. I just realized that. I know. Yes, Who knew there's so many dangerous dudes? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's bring them on. A, I don't want to have what? a gender crisis on the show here. We have to. We have to. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> How are you doing? Hey, there he is. It's nice to meet. Nice to nice to see you again. So I think Courtney, the last time I saw you was in Las Vegas, and then Dr. Mm -hmm. Merritt. I think yeah. we saw. I met you for the first time in Iowa, which is which was a crazy time, which is like really really deep truth or stuff. And uh, no, it's just it's a it's always a pleasure to to educate. And um, I and I love that you, you said dangerous because quite honestly. I've been banned on so many platforms since 2020. <laughs> it's it's unreal. I mean, I started a podcast in 2016 before all this even really started. Yeah. Talking about this, right. and you know, in the and I think probably Dr. Mary, you could talk to this too. Is the fact that back then I was just the crazy person, like ah, oh, the parasites, oh, yeah. the vaccines, whatever. Like okay, like you're just the crazy tinfoil hat guy, whatever. And in 2020, right. when it started hitting and everyone started talking about it, and then all of a sudden we were too dangerous and deletion from all channels and having to rebuild everything so it's 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 fun to be here one with both ladies but also uh to educate as many people as possible oh, yeah it's funny i i mean i was very i always make the joke that you know it took me forever to find the train station and then i found the high-speed rail so i'm like scrambling to try and catch up to everyone <laughs> um but i really woke up in 2020 and it's so crazy to me because i've been banned all over the place and I'm like, I, I'm like a newbie. I mean, what, what, what is it that they don't want me sharing? Like, I barely know anything, you know? <laughs> but it was my 11th episode on YouTube, and they took me down. And then the SPLC, on by at the time I was around episode 11, the SPLC had decided I was a hate podcast. They were like, this looks like a hate podcast to me. Like, uh, I don't know. Maybe to people who hate the truth? I don't know. <laughs> like, how is it hateful, you know? Yeah. And I was so like not even I mean I was very mild back then so it's funny. Well, you know, I I was I was the president of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons in about 2005, 2009, something like that. I can't remember. It's been a while now. And so I was out speaking and and although 
you know, I came to the vaccine fight a little later than a lot of people. So that I really came to that fight in 2014 when they were va- mandating the flu vaccine for the nurses in the hospital. That's when I really did some research into it and realized how corrupt the whole thing was. But before that, the good news is I've always been skeptical of the government. I inherited that from my parents. And, and you know, when I was president of AAPS, I gave a talk about about Carl Brandt, the lessons of Carl Brandt. That was one of, I think that was my talk I did for becoming the president. And it's basically about the German medical system and how they got there. And at the end of that talk, I said, I showed a picture of a bus hanging off a cliff, half over, you know, like it's ready to go. And I said, when this hits us, because we're going down the same road they did, I said, when this hits us, will we know when we are going to be able to, will we get off before it goes over the, will the, before the bus goes over? Will we know when to get off the bus? And apparently we did not. And that's the sad thing that I, you know, it's not like people didn't know. We, you know, AAPS quit. They split off from the AMA in 1943 because they saw this coming. And we were all crazy people. We were the we were the radical right wing nut wings of the um, of the medical establishment when we were still medical establishment. And then this situation, I didn't even make it to 10 episodes. I was on a radio show. It was outside the Beltway with John Fredericks. And he would have me on and liked what I said. So I got to be kind of a regular. But the first time I was on with him, mine, and this is 2020, okay? The very first time I was on with him, he got lifetime banned from YouTube. He'd been on there for years. And I, it wasn't even my show, but because I was on and that name. Yeah. Came, so it's amazing how you can go. I went from being an orthopedic and spinal surgeon to a complete blethering idiot within about two months of speaking against the masks. So we know we share your pain, Dr. D. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're even more dangerous as a medical doctor, too. I mean, obviously, to be waking up. And by the way, I love the medical rebel. It's, it's such a fantastic <laughs> word. But, um, you, you know, it's it's funny because my mother-in-law is a retired registered nurse of 40 plus years. And I used to tell her, nice. I, said, I said, you're more dangerous than we are. And the reason I say that, yeah. and it's not to it's not to discount chiropractors because a lot of people go, oh, well, don't discount yourself. No, we're not discounting. We've always been kind of we're always in this 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 corner, kind of being the crazy, the the tinfoil right. hat wearers, and we we wear that as a badge of honor. We we like being in that world. Right. When the medical doctors wake up to what's happening, those are the really dangerous ones because you're within. You know the system. I used to tell her all the time. I go. You know how the medications work. You know which ones do what they don't want people to know about. And so, yeah, that's why you guys get taken down so much harder because God forbid the people on the inside actually start, you know, exposing and and throwing the ticking time bomb and walking away from it. Because over time, and I've said this many times, even the parasite situation is this is going to implode. I don't want I don't want emergency medicine to implode because people need emergency medicine in America. Yeah. But this system is going to implode. I mean, yeah. seven out of 10 Americans are on an average of four medications. That's lunacy at this point. That yeah. is amazing. Yeah, I, I used to see it. I, I, I didn't appreciate it until I got into my own private practice and I'd be looking at people's charts. You know, when you're in training, there's always somebody else doing things for you. When you get out in your private practice and you see what's going on. And I would just have to do it to get people to surgery. And you look at these old people and they'd have, you know, people, old people now my age, they, they'd have 25 medicines they were on. And I, and I said, even if you believe all these medicines work, this can't work. I couldn't manage 25 medications. As, and I'm a physician. If the, you know, right. Tell me this little old 80-year-old lady who uh, is, has a little bit of dementia can do it. It's just insane. I agree. And, yeah. 
I'm so I'm I have trouble sorry. managing supplements. Like, <laughs> did I take this at what time? Right. I can, yeah, you're right. Well, we're busy, so we forget. Did I take? Yeah. Did I take that this morning? Did I already drink my drink? I can't remember. I, I don't like when they have to be spaced out. I'm like, I just want to take morning, night, and like be done. But if it has to be spaced out, then I'm like, wait, did I take that this morning? And how far apart is it? And no. it's like I need a whole calendar to manage that. So, yeah. Yeah, no. Well, and it's funny you, when you're talking about how other people would uh, like you if you were on their channel. That happened to me too. One day within two hours, I had eight people send me screenshots of episodes I had done with them on YouTube that were taken down. Wow. Yeah. I was like, the algorithm must have just like targeted me that day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even, you know, I don't, I never really played in YouTube. I mean, I never, right. I don't go to, you know, I just don't go to these places, Facebook. So I don't care if they, right. if they want to censor me. That's okay. I'm not there anyway. It's just a waste yeah. of time, in my opinion. She's it's like Twitter she's arguing with her name, the rebel. Yeah. Yeah. That, that might've hurt me a little bit, but it seemed like after I got cancel cultured for something like the masks, I thought, what the heck, you know, you got nothing to lose. <laughs> For sure. Now you're, yeah. you're speaking my language though about parasites. I, I really, it's amazing to me. In fact, I just texted a bunch of my, these are the people that are on our side in this fight, but they're still not, I can't, when it comes to parasites, I said, look, you, you guys are thinking about cancer and what causes cancer. Yeah. What you say in your individual statement sounds really right. Okay. But when you look at the big fabric of what's going on here and you start looking at all this little factoids, the one thing that fits everything is parasites. And if you look at all the things they've hidden from us, one of them being, by the way, and you probably know this, the ability to have microscopes that are light microscopes with enough magnification, we would have seen this right away. Why don't we have those? Royal Rifle made one of 15,500 in 1920s. Why don't we have them today? And I'm just saying that is, there's so many of these little, why did they discourage? You know, we were taught to look at everybody's blood smear when I was in medical school in the 70s. Now nobody does. And you're taught, oh, fresh blood smears are crazy. That's only those weird voodoo, you know, woo-woo people do that. So, and I think it's illegal in some places. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you yeah. can't make this up. It, it doesn't. Some of this stuff fits with other explanations. But I finally said, I think I finally said to some of my friends that are really on our side, I said, you guys are coming up with all these explanations for cancer. But it's kind of like counting your herd by counting their legs and dividing by four. Right. Usually science is more elegantly simple. And I think you need to Take a step back and think what fits all of this from the metabolism and everything. So how did you come to this? Well, it's, it's interesting you say that because the first thing I was going to ask you, Dr. Merritt, if you knew of Royal Rife and uh, Dr. Yeah, Rife, yeah. right? And, and, and their their work was legendary. I mean, Dr. Rife, they still, they still I guess from what I've read, they, can't, they still are unable to replicate the microscope he had um, because it was so good. And then to be able to throw a frequency in there to be able to destroy any types of pathogens that were actually negatively affecting the person. But we, I actually stumbled on it by accident, I want to say. Um, in my world, my wife and I, we have a big practice in Florida, but we're all around the world. And mm -hmm. uh, we have several associates as well. And we were, so we actually practice uh, applied kinesiology and muscle okay. testing. And we've been doing that forever, just because in, in AK and chiropractic school, uh, and what we were what we were doing is the more knowledge we gained on obviously how to fix people, we noticed, and we're in Florida, so we have a high incidence of mold down here. Every, I mean, pretty much every house mm -hmm. constantly battle it, right, and make sure it's not there. Right. And we we were seeing more people come up for parasitic issues that were showing from a frequency standpoint. And so my wife and I, obviously, just digging and digging and digging, and. 
we were using some products at the time. We use all physician grade products. We don't have our own line. We use other companies. And we were, we were getting a little stuck on the fact that it wasn't going away for people. And that was driving us up a wall because at the end of the day, we want to fix the person. So we dove into some other products and went to those. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, the stronger products, because what we were finding, and you've probably seen this as well, is parasites are nasty critters from a standpoint of they don't want to kill. Like like mold actually wants to kill a person. That's the, that's the goal of mold is to, is to take out the human. Parasites don't. Parasites need the host. They need a weak host, and they want to continue to live off of them. Well, with that, whether it's microscopic or it's a large parasite, no matter what kind it is, they're evolving constantly constant evolving, right? So we had to change formulas all the time and, and kind of go back and forth, bouncing between formulas for both bloodborne as well as large, large uh, parasites. But then uh, this is actually kind of a funny story. People started sending us the pictures of their toilet because- Oh, they- I know. <laughs> I get those too. I have more pictures in my phone and on my laptop than you can possibly imagine from people sending literal parasites that they're they pooping out parasites that were coming out of their nose they were throwing up parasites and and it wasn't this thing where oh well that could be anything that's just you know mucus or no like you actually saw parasites moving i mean it was pretty rough and so we we nailed like okay we're actually finally getting rid of these we're changing and we're, we're, we're moving as they evolve taking someone off putting someone back on and cycling this and then honestly word just spread really fast to the point where like okay we're fixing stuff in Here's the thing. We are fixing. And when I say fixing, I, I don't want to make any medical claim because I don't have a license to do that. But we were assisting people with everything from MS to right. tumors to cancer. And I'm not saying that we healed them. That's not, I, I always from a chiropractic standpoint, the body does all the healing. God does the healing. I'm just the not in the channel that's helping them make better food choices, take this supplement. This is what's testing but we had we had tumors that were literally shrinking in people just by killing off parasites and rebuilding. We're actually on that right now. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, Doctor Doctor Lee is shaking your head. And so yeah. the point is, once that starts happening, everyone starts coming to you because major chronic health, Lyme Lyme disease. I mean, Lyme disease patients come to us, and I said, I you know they would come in and they'd say, I have Lyme. We know I have Lyme. We've had all the tests taken. And I go, What have you done so far? And they go, well, I've been to about 10 or 20 different doctors. They've had me on five years of antibiotics and I still don't feel good. And yeah. as we dove deeper, we were like, okay, well, did they go after the parasites? And they'll go, what do you mean the parasites? And I go, first of all, Lyme is a bioweapon. I have the books to show you it was a bioweapon. They mm-hmm. created it in the yeah. lab yeah. and it spreads across the U.S. because glyphosate destroys the soil and destroys the air. And in the food system. So have you touched the parasite? So we would actually go away from the Lyme stuff a little bit, go after the parasites and then put the Lyme herbs in. And somebody who had been fighting Lyme and other parasites for five, 10 plus years, we would get results with them in three to six months. Yeah. I mean, because, because unfortunately that paradigm, not just the medical paradigm, but even just other practitioners, you got to find the right target. And at the end of the day, we're just going for the target. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not going to go and say parasites are literally everything because obviously there's other things involved. There's, there's bacteria, there's molds, there's metals, et cetera. But I tell people, even if you just want to start off, start off with the parasites, because even if you, even if it's not parasitic, it's still going to capture those heavy metals. It's still going to capture molds. You got to, you got to get the body cleaned up at the end of the day. 
And I'm not sure there's anybody that's been alive for more than a couple of years that doesn't have parasites. 100%. You know, I don't know if I don't know if you've heard me tell this story about MS, but when I was a medical student, this is at the University of Rochester, New York in 1976. So this has been a long time ago. But when I was a freshman medical student, I just remember this. I don't remember much of what they told me, maybe, but I but I can't pretend I've been a great, great student. But I but I remember this one because I thought it was so odd. They said that your chance of getting multiple sclerosis is increased if you have a lap dog before the age of five. Wow. Now, what the hell? Why That's would that be true? Okay. But here's why it's true if you think about it. So when I and, and then follow on, you know, 30 years later, here I am in private practice and there's no neurologist. They go away from the hospital and you're stuck trying to do your own neurology for some reason. And uh, and fortunately, I had a lot of training in that. And I would see people that were sent, they thought it was maybe a spine thing. And I'd say, eh, no, you know, and I'd send them off. And we get an MRI, their brain and spinal cord. And if it showed these plaques, then the, then that would be the diagnosis from the radiologist would say plaques in the brain, plaques in the spinal cord, MS. But we never took it the next step to ask what MS really is. And that's when this whole thing with Dr. McDonald and doing these autopsies and um, showing that they were parasites in every one of these dead MS patients. Well, in, that would be explained why. When you have a lap dog before the age of five, when your blood-brain barrier is not completely, you know, complete, it's not as robust a barrier as it is as you get older. Now you've got a dog licking your face and doing all these things, and it gets into your neural axis. So it can get into your brain, into your spinal cord, and it sits there. And like you said, it just waits its time. They grow a little bit. They do things. And they have a way to, I mean, these are nasty you know, and they suck off your life fluid. They suck off your nutrients. So I think you're right. If I, I I'm with you on that because anytime it's there's nothing it doesn't make worse is to have parasites, and I think we all have them to oh, some no, degree. It's a, it's a, and that's a fantastic point. I'm going to actually share that story with my wife about the the lap dog because that I don't think that's information that ever ever got out. I mean, that's so oh, it's just one of those throwaway lines in a lecture. I mean, yeah. it's amazing when you. That's why I say when you see the world correctly. And I'm not saying I know it all, but it's just when you start seeing the right paradigm, then all the patterns start fitting in and make a picture. They, they all come together. And it's not just this disparate diseases all over the place. Yes. And it's, it's actually funny you said. So people ask me all the time, and, I, and this is a kind of a running joke, but it's, it's real, is people will say, well, how do I know if I have parasites? And I go, well, there's actually a really, really, really good objective test for that right away. It doesn't cost any money. You can do it yourself. And they go, what is it? I go, you're going to take your two fingers and you're going to do very gently. Don't push hard. I just want you to put it up next to your neck right here. And do you feel, do you feel a pulse there? They're like, yeah. I go, you have parasites. <laughs> That's and, they're funny. Like, and they're going, to, I mean, they're like, well, I'm just checking my pulse. I'm going exactly. If you have, <laughs> you're alive. you have been exposed to parasites in your life and you either have some or a lot and you got to at least work on them. <laughs> <laughs> that is hysterical. I'm going to do, you know, uh, the, and, the, and the psychopaths at the CDC, you know, I found out just by searching for something that on the back, in the back rooms, kind of the CDC, you know, when you go on their website, you can't find anything you really want, but you find the stuff that's buried in their back, back, back windows there. They say that over 45% of Americans have toxoplasmosis and in the brain. Yes. When were these guys going to tell us or tell anybody? And in, in, I don't know if you ever saw this, Dr. Merritt, but um, a large percentage, by the way. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. There, there are there's a actually one of the vaccine godfathers, Dr. Hotez. Um, he's on he's one of the authors of there's a parasite 
textbook. I think it's in at least the fourth edition now. It's a medical textbook that I have at home. It's about an inch and a half thick. And they fully admit, I mean, it's loaded with actually fascinating parasitic data. But here's the kicker, and I've never understood this. You know, America is considered a first world country. We're not really first world. We're actually a very third world country when it comes to hygiene. I mean, it's, it's a real problem. But they tell us about all these subtropical diseases. And it's funny because I'm in Florida, right? And so we have people that come up from the islands or South America, people that live near us, et cetera. And all of them that come in, they all come in and they say, I've, I'm sick. And I'll ask them, well, when did it actually start? When did you start feeling poorly? And they'll go, well, we moved here. And within a couple of years after they moved there, they went from healthy and they were poor in their country. They were living off the land, right? They didn't have anything. And they started feeling terrible as soon as they got to the U.S. I go, well, that makes sense. One, you have parasites because they do parasite tinctures in their, in their, on their islands. They know about this stuff. Oh, so they suddenly stopped treating it. Tons of vaccines. Now you're eating our food system. You're gaining tons of weight. Your, your, um, your metabolism is completely off. You're getting sick because America – so the CDC wants us to think – that these, all these parasites only stay in third world countries. But if you travel there, they won't come back. They just cut, they just stay in third. And like, but wait a second, we're dealing with a pathogen that can travel. Of course, if someone goes somewhere else and brings it back, they come back, they kiss their wife, they kiss their kids and hug them. We're bringing all this stuff in. So, so to think that all this stays in the subtropical, that, that's nonsense. And it's not even scientific. Well, and I know Brian Artis always used to used to, or told me that he tells this to people. He says, look, at, what do you do when you take your dog? I mean, you have a dog or a cat. Yeah. What do you do when you take them to the vet? Oh, they get wormed. Right. You know, if they've got parasites, what do you think you're going to get? You know, again, we all live in the same environment. Yeah. That's what they I had a big course in parasitology in medical school, whole semester. But yeah, no. well, they told us it was a third world country problem. That's don't worry it. about it. Unless you do an infectious disease fellowship later, don't worry about this stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. We had a, we had a woman who worked, who played for the U S national soccer team. And uh, my wife was a friend with her and she was actually working with one of the hospitals in, um, in the city of Boston area. And she had had concussions and she was working with them because they were trying to work through CTEs and everything and trying to find out, you know, what can we do for the brain? We're trying to learn about the brain and everything. And my wife goes, well, I bet you there's a parasitic issue there at some point because she was showing for tumors in her brain. So my wife's like, let me just at least try to help you, right? Like, I'm not going to guarantee anything. I'm just going to let, let's help you. So she came in and my wife was working with her and she said, she, and my wife is a soccer player too. She goes, so you've been, you've taken a lot of headers. You probably clashed heads with other people. She goes, oh my gosh, tons of concussions. And so she said, let me check you. So she tested her and she tested for a couple different things, but she tested for head injury and she also tested for parasites in the brain. And, and the, the player was like, that doesn't make any sense. And my wife goes, well, you already had them, but your brain became concussed. You have brain injuries. They go to weak areas. So my wife started putting her on just the parasitic herbs that we use. And she went back. She was in an actual study with that university doc doctor in the university hospital. She went back. She she went back in. They checked her. She came back and told my wife she was mad at my wife. My wife's like, what are you mad at me for? Because she was feeling better. Right. Mm -hmm. She said, I went in there and all the tumors that I had were shrinking down to nothing. And they kicked me out of the study. <laughs> and she was upset with my wife because she wanted her brain to be used for science when she passed away. And they weren't <laughs> going to let her because it was reversing the issue of her brain. The tumors were going away. My wife says, this is, this is unfortunately, 
the program we having with the programming in America that we have is people are so indoctrinated into wanting the pill to solve things. Right. right. How can we like, like, what is the actual cause of this? I mean, you know, and so it just goes back to, you know, they, they also go to weak areas. So not just a weak host, but they're going to go to weak organs that have had trauma as well. You know, right. I heard that. And I think this is what happens. I, I also read somebody right. else brought this up. When they said 100% of the – in fact, you'll see, if you're on Telegram, you'll see a bunch of doctors putting this stuff out. And they say 100% of our cancer patients, when we look at their blood smear, they have parasites in their bloodstream. 100%. That's what I've been hearing. So the question is then what is – but but it, what they're saying, and this is makes this makes sense with what you're just saying, that when you have – so the, your bloods, the things start out in your bloodstream. They come in through your gut and they ended up in your bloodstream. But for a while, the body can keep things in check. So mm-hmm. if they go into the cells in the bloodstream and they're just swimming around in the bloodstream, then you have an injury. And what happens when you have an injury? You bleed a little bit. And some of those go out into the tissue and there they can then establish themselves, make cysts and start growing in these cysts. And that's when we get MRIs and we see those and we say, oh, you've got metastases. Oh, you've got a cancer. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, I have a feeling that's going to be the case here because have you have you seen um, I believe this is the study. Um, there was a study at Dr. Merritt that I think it was so toxoplasmosis. There was there were mice. They think were given toxoplasmosis um, and they over time, they not only were no longer afraid of the cat, <clears throat> they actually went towards the cat. And literally, they start. I believe they are growing tumors, if I remember correctly. And I'm like, this is, this is, and you know, we're all taught in school. That's a really interesting. We're all taught in school that toxoplasmosis is very dangerous. Don't let have, don't let any women right. next, to, you know, cat litters or cats or anything else. But no one ever asks why. We're like, well, wait, that's because it's parasitic in nature, right there. There you go. Rats yeah. and mice infected with toxoplasmosis gonda or exhibit behavioral changes in their aversion to cat odor and their sexual attractiveness to females. Oh, they were sexually attracted to the female cats. Yeah, yeah they would go towards oh. become a, become attracted to the females. I thought maybe they were taking on the cats. You know, they were just going after the cats. I was going to say, right oh. to them, and then they would be killed off, obviously, because the cat's going to eat them. <laughs> I was going to suggest that we look at Ukrainian soil for for parasites, but that's a that's a joke. Isn't, isn't that crazy? But this is information that's out there, and no one talks about this. Yeah. Wow. Well, anything, wow. yeah, it makes sense. I mean, any, anything you have growing in your brain can change your behavior. But it's funny that it just particularly has this constant pattern. So it says it goes to certain parts of the brain consistently yes. in the mice. Imagine, wow. imagine what that does to humans then. I wonder what makes humans do. In right. The- that's, that's what I'm well, And that was part of this. That's what I'm saying. That's what the, the issue in the CDC, they were talking about the psychiatry, you know, people are looking at this. And yet, uh, we psychiatry is the one uh, specialty that never really examines the organ that they're really treating. And we, they just assume it's psychiatric disease, but they're starting to talk about toxoplasmosis giving you psychiatric problems. So I think uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so fascinating how much when I look at the, the history of the uh, psychiatric field, how much or just mental health in general, how much physiological physiological problems are ignored. But there's so much that's physiological that manifests itself like a quote unquote mental disorder. Yeah. And, and you're like, there are a lot of physiological things that can cause anxiety, depression, sure. a whole host of other things. And even in things psychiatry. Like 
psychiatry, they're not, I mean, there's no objective test at this point for a, for a chemical no. disorder. So they're going based off of simply surveys. They're not going off actually objective data, which is, but it's funny. And he can probably look this up while we're talking about it. I don't recall the parasite that's involved, but there is obviously mm -hmm. a stereotype. Anybody knows this about, um, cat lady syndrome, Southern people, Southern no. people, especially Florida, not being intelligent, like low IQ, like it, I'm a mm -hmm. redneck, so I can say the word apparently, right? So <laughs> in Florida, I live in Florida, right? And there's supposedly people that don't, that aren't that smart. There's actually a parasite that comes in from the swampy marshlands that actually infects people and it lowers the IQ of the individual. And there's actually a reason oh, behind why people in the South who are in swampy marshlands, like they're in the water, they're in the marshlands, they are picking up this parasite. I want to say a hookworm, but I could be wrong. Up top, it's of something head. that has glia in the word. I think possibly. Um, yeah, I, I, I studied it. I looked at this I, probably a year ago. I've heard right? that. But literally, so when people are like, "Well, why? Why are people from the from the woods and area? Why do they seem like they're lower IQ or not as smart?" It's not that they're not smart. They've actually been infected, many of them, by this specific parasite. That scientifically, it lowers their IQ. Yeah, they cognitively are. It's like just it's got premature dementia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it's a, it's a vast field, and it's it's isn't it strange um, when? And this is my theory. I, I can't fully prove it. I just my clinical theory working with a lot of patients. When 2020 came and COVID hit, and I said, "Well, I, I'm in I'm in the I'm in the world of there's no such thing as a virus. It's exosomes." And actually, the Merck manual says that all viruses are parasites. They scrubbed that from the internet, but you can still go find it. Uh, it's in the physical Merck manual. And I said when they started launching all the protocols for COVID, I said, this really feels one, like a bioweapon. And two, I'm now obviously things that, things that help parasites will, will also help the viral component, but we only used parasitic herbal remedies from 20 to, I mean, we, that's all we use, but from 20 on, we used it for all of our COVID patients and they got better. And I said, anytime you do anything, gain a function, this sounds like almost like a malarial or Lyme situation or a bloodborne pathogen or bioweapon. And I'm still sticking to the theory that, that there's something or there's a component to whatever they toss on us, um, as in pandemic wise. They are doing gain of function research and they are definitely having a parasitic and a bacterial bloodborne component to what people are becoming infected with. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily in the field of I, like, I agree with you. but they're absolutely doing something because. The reason why all these medications work for people, the reason why people were being saved from death by parasitic medications and people who were taking herbs and artemis and things like that, because there's absolutely a parasitic component to what they do in labs that are GMO cultures. It's got parasites already in it, just like the other vaccines. But it's sometimes a hard road to go down because, again, we have a, we have a country in America that's, that's very, unfortunately, brainwashed into yeah. virus, virus, virus. I know. I know it. I'm so glad you're saying that. Uh, see, I when it first came out, I looked at it and I said, this cannot be an airborne disease. This is not right. I mean, why doesn't Yanzhou, Wanzhou and Shanghai go down with it? Right. right. Why does it stay in Wuhan, yeah. even though we got all these planes traveling and bus travel and all that kind of stuff? And then it went to Lombardy. Same thing. It didn't go everywhere. It kind of stuck. And then it went to New York City again. It hit New York City much worse than it hit a lot of other places. I mean, so. I, I, it didn't spread like an airborne, like the wild contagion that they claimed it was. But I can tell you from looking for many years at the bioweaponeers guys and 
that they had abandoned the, even the Soviets. I mean, the Soviets had spent a ton of money on airborne, like, you know, bomblets, things that would spread things airborne. They tried to people, we did it, they did it. We tried to aerosolize Ebola and all this kind of stuff. They tried to, and what it turned out ended up going to is either insect vector um, mediated stuff or contact poisons. And I think you can put those together. If you look at the hydrogel, you know, it's interesting that hydrogel, I always thought just meant a, 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 a polymer that absorbs water. It's hydro. Mm -hmm. But it's right, funny yeah. that sometimes they spell it with a hydra. Like yeah, an I've a. seen it with an A. Yeah, yeah. That Denver used to be. But the other thing I will tell you, when I was a spine fellow uh, year 1989, there was a lot of research being done on using hydra that could be slurified, you know, and then injected into spinal cord injury and try and rebridge the spinal cord because it does not get rejected by the nervous system. Right. Once you start looking at that, I think that's what we're, I, I, and then Karen Kingston found these patents where it's about smart hydrogel that these yeah. things can be. Yeah. And so think about a lip think about Wuhan makes it more sense. If you think about a lipophilic, something that, that attaches, it likes lipids, it attaches to your skin, gets in your mucous membranes, gets yes. into you, and then is activated with, with wavelength, like an optogenetic moment. So it, it, they opt and that's what they could have done. There's so okay. many options, but what it was not was a virus. And I think probably what we need to realize though, is that the people that just want to say, well, that's crazy. We have to kind of explain what disease is, I guess, to them. But the thing of it is, it doesn't mean you can't harvest genetic material from animals. Correct. You know, I always wondered, why are they so interested in bats? Bats show up all, for decades. They've been showing up in research. Why do they? And it has to, there are certain animals that they can easily, like, study their nerves. They can easily study their genetics. There's just some bat, there's some animals that are easier than others for them to work at. And they can take that genetic material and turn it into a toxin that could self-replicate. That, I believe. That, yeah. I believe, could be. I did a thread. This was a while ago, but it was uh, on, and I think we have right here. It was like a, a DARPA project yeah. that, where they weaponized the, their PALS program. They weaponized the insects, and it was a, a hydra tentacle. So th sometimes they do call it hydrogel, but they talk about the hydra, you know, like a, that they're creating essentially a synthetic hydra that acts in a like a parasite. That's a great um, point. Well, so wait a minute. It says. Accused of trying to create a new class of biological that would be delivered via virus infected in, infected insects. So if we just remove that term virus, right. we just have to well, change our language. But it's poison. really yeah, it's really the same poison, thing. Yeah. What we call a virus, with one big exception, and this big some exception is why we need to change our language that everybody thinks of a virus as an airborne pathogen and right. that's what gives them the right to lock you down, put a mask on, stand six feet apart in a stupid circle. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm writing notes, Doctor Merritt. I love this stuff. Thank you for that. No, it makes me journey deeper too because we mm -hmm. want to know more about this. And what's actually fascinating was speaking of that, and you said vectors. There's actually mm -hmm. articles out there. Um, I, I, I do a lot of studying of, of military bioweapon stuff from way back, mm -hmm. and they in Afghanistan, uh, our DoD and military actually uh, put leishmaniasis mm -hmm. in sand flies, and they intentionally. Um, unleashed the sand flies on our military and infected mm -hmm. them with leishmaniasis to see what would occur. So doing this wow. for a long period of time. And you can find articles on that. Just, just well, I'm sure you're aware of the mycoplasma too, that story. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's the that's yeah. one of the worst things when you really look at what was really done. That was horrible. And, yeah, there's uh, some, there's some amazing research. I was actually just looking at it last week on mycoplasma and yeah, the and we know the guy. We're creating with that. We, we we know the the name of the I don't have it in my head right now, but we know the name of the Chinese researcher that that quote escaped communist China to Hong Kong and then suddenly he made it from Hong Kong to America and his first job was with oh Hong Kong he went to medical school and then he got his first job uh, in America with with Fort Detrick <laughs> you can't make this up and then he went to the in, in, uh, the uh, AFIP the Armed Forces Institute of Pathology and it was all about creating he took uh, what was it he took um, a bacterium took out the guts puts this other genetic material in and it became mycoplasma this is Legionnaire's disease this is all this yeah it's unbelievable I have a question for both of you um, with, with the parasites, because uh, what I've heard is that parasites typically, uh, Dr. Jean, you were talking about how they uh, go to weak organs, weak mm -hmm. hosts, um, but I've heard that they they essentially clean out toxins. So there is like kind of a, you know, it is a symbiotic relationship to some extent. They don't want to kill their host. They're feeding off. So it's, this is kind of like a the, the, that feedback relationship. But what I'm curious about, if that's true, um, then uh, I have a couple of questions for both of you on this. One is then uh, what happens if you start to kill those parasites? Of course, then the toxins are still there that they're feeding off of. And then, of course, they release toxins as well. And uh, Dr. Merritt, we've talked a little bit about this. But uh, um, my other question on that is if that paradigm is accurate, that they're feeding off of those toxins, then do we think that that's part of what's going on also with this is like a, a binary uh, weapon where they have these like a payload system where they're intentionally bombarding us with specific toxins that they know the parasites will be attracted to. So then it, it compounds the, you know, adverse reaction for people. Do you think any of that makes sense? I mean, this is just me without a medical brain kind of piecing things together. You want me to answer about my doctor? Go Mary? ahead. Go ahead. Um, it's, it's a loaded question, Courtney. It's a really good question. So I've had that question too of, um, are they a symbiotic relationship in the gut? And, and, and honestly, we go back and forth with this, right? So there's yeah. a side of me that says maybe symbiotic, but definitely out of control. And then the side of me says, mm -hmm. okay, well, they need a weak host. They need a host. So then from that viewpoint, probably not. But either way, that also dives into pleomorphism. So mm -hmm. um, Antoine Bichamp, I don't know if you, if, if either. I'm familiar. Antoine Bichamp. Mm -hmm. So where we know the definitely pathogens. Let's cure one out, yeah. but yeah. So <laughs> definitely morph back and forth uh, amongst each other. And, and that's a really deep subject. But um, so th there's definitely two sides of the story there. Uh, however, we do know that the body is completely overwhelmed with them, right? So we, we even if they are something that is symbiotic with us, no longer is a symbiotic at this point because even like our soil, we're no longer symbiotic with our own earth because of glyphosate poisoning and, you know, all these other things, right? So right. we definitely have a toxic overload of parasites either way. And until we can get back to either symbiotic or rid them uh, of the, in the body, it's still an overwhelm. Now that brings us to the toxin point, right? So they mm -hmm. definitely do consume toxins, right? They take in molds, they take in, now might they be, doing that to clean up our terrain it's very possible the other problem though is there's so many of them in, so many of them in our system now they also excrete it back out into the system so now we're getting hit over and over with that toxicity and quite honestly um if, if any anyone who practices in, in in america at this point 
Uh, America does America doesn't even go to the bathroom properly. I mean, people aren't going to the bathroom for a week, two weeks at a time. There's no bowel movements, et cetera. So now they're just unfortunately holding on to not only the toxicity that's rotating in there, they're holding on to the parasites. They're reabsorbing everything in their body that shouldn't be there. So at this point, like it's just an overwhelm of the actual system, um, which is a major problem. So yes, they could be doing that, but we have found most people just to be overly sick with it. It's something we just need to like move it out of the body and get rid of them. Uh, because right now we, we, our, our, our nation is so sick. It, it's, I, I, my, it's not a joke, but we routinely kind of, you know, not laugh amongst ourselves and Dr. Mary, you, you'll probably understand this is between the food system, the spraying on us and chemtrails, uh, the, the medications, the psych drugs, the vaccines, childhood vaccine and COVID. I'm sometimes I'm blown away every day that they're still walking out there. I mean, it really is a testament to the human body of what it will go through. But at the end of the day, again, seven out of 10 Americans are on an average of four drugs. Right. So, yes, they're walking, but we're so overwhelmed with parasites, with toxins at this point. So I always say doesn't matter either way which one they are. Technically, you could have an argument for both, but definitely our bodies are overwhelmed with them. So we got to start culling some parasites and get people at least back to somewhat of a basic health level. Right. Well, the second part of the question was about, so if they are feeding off toxins, are yeah. they, are they intentionally uh, bombarding us and infiltrating oh, yeah. specific toxins, oh, yeah. toxins for them? Yeah. Yeah. I see. And, and you know, I, I'm, I, so I'm from the viewpoint. So, um, uh, th there's a, there's a term now that's really popular called metabolic syndrome. Right. And, I say, no, it's not metabolic syndrome. Now, is it metabolic? Absolutely. But syndrome would mean that our body stopped working properly, which it did. However, I use the word in term metabolic enslavement because I don't believe it was an accidental, oh, we don't, we don't perform. My, my personal unfortunate belief is we have a bunch of psychopaths running this world right now and they're literally trying to genocidally kill us off because they don't like us. They think we're just cattle or sheep or whatever else it is. And so- Everything that's happening to our body, whether it's poor water systems, poor food being sprayed, medications, et cetera, none of that is actually um, – none of that is by mistake. This is a well-thought-out, well-planned thing that they've been doing for thousands of years. So I call it – I consider it to be enslavement. It's not a syndrome. It's because your body knows how to work. But when you get polluted every day, guess what? You just keep lowering our consciousness, lowering our body's ability to fight anything. And then we just have a – we have a, a drowned out, unfortunately, uh, beat up public. Yeah, he's I, he's speaking our language. I I just, just want to say they call him the parasite class. So yeah, yeah the parasite, <laughs> the uber parasites. I just have to say, I, I have a simpler answer to this. I think that this idea that they're that somehow they're you saw that one video or the one uh, news article that came up. I think it was from Wired. How parasites might be helpful. That's when I caught on to. I said, no, no, no. Okay, this is just an intelligence program being run against us to jet to make us not look at this. So here's what happened. I'm I'm completely man you're you're awesome i'm completely with our guests on this are these mm -hmm. things my only question is are these things really natural or were these brought to us courtesy of these uh uber parasites who have know a lot of science this is what occult means is hidden occult science and they've infested us because they don't want us to, they need us to be a slave race 
but they don't want us to live too long and have to suck off their their resources, which they could rather use for something else. So they want us to live a, a reasonable life to be productive. But as soon as we want not productive, they want us to die off. What nicer way to do it than with parasites? And it also, it's beautiful because they have this creepy belief. We've talked about this, Courtney, that it's if you don't kill somebody directly, you don't get the karmic debt. So I didn't kill you with these vaccines. I just, it was your parasites that did it. But as we are catching on, now we're starting to be treated for this. There are more people like Dr. Dean out there and there are people getting treated for this. Now they have to come up with a reason why you don't want to get your parasites treatment. Yes, they're right. We do have parasites. Everybody's got parasites, but we knew about that. But you know what? You don't have to get treated because it's, it's really good for you. I, I, have, I just I think have, it's a great intelligence program, and have, it just pisses me off. I have holes that I could go down because, quite honestly, I think we're dealing with something, whether words satanic or off-planet, whatever you want to call. I believe this stuff comes from somewhere else and was actually – I, I, I really – I'm with you. rabbit hole. Right. No, and I, I whatever it is. The other thing I'll say along those lines, so this is kind of fun. Have you ever seen this show? It's called The Silo. Silo. Okay, I don't think so. Silo. It's about this group of people that is buried in a, in a it's like 10,000 people that live in this silo. It's like a huge underground city. And they don't know why they're there, but they know something bad happened in the world. And they're they're and 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 they're they're surviving just because some clever people put this thing together. And it's it's actually kind of an interesting uh tale. It's an interesting show. I'm uh, Courtney got me into this because on my uh, list. <laughs> yeah, we we she she taught me about this predictive programming, and now I realize it's it's they're telling us what they're doing. Okay, so anyway, but there are two laws of the silo, and I don't remember one of them, but one of them is, and the, and what will happen is if you violate the laws of the silo, they kick you out. So you go out and die out in this outside world. One of them is you cannot have magnification above a certain amount. Okay, and the other thing I'm going to say is it's not that they can't make a microscope that would give us that magnification, because it isn't that they need all the stuff that Royal Rife did. The hard part of reproducing Royal Rife was how he comp he had these very high end uh, audio engineers that made the the wavelengths as carrier waves and all that kind of crazy stuff. He had a completely quartz optical system in those microscopes. You can't tell me that we couldn't do that today. In a, in a you know, less complicated. Now we can mass produce them, and and we pay twenty four hundred dollars, and you get a, a, a you know a thousand, you know maybe you'll get two thousand magnification. He's doing one hundred fifty five thousand. So uh, I, I, I I honestly think this is a big bioweapons program against us in in uh, parasites. Not that we didn't. It's interesting that that is what when we we always condemn John D Rockefeller for taking over medicine, but the ostensible reason to take over medicine and to, and to cure the disease of the day was hookworm. That hookworm yep. is one they were worried about. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah, I, I I hundred percent agree. It's uh, I, over the last year, I've I've tried to dive deeper into really just military bioweapons. And I mean, and, and with COVID, I have so many people, you guys have probably had this too, where they're like, we need to sue this place. We need to sue this place. And, and obviously the 1986 act against pharmaceutical companies, but mm -hmm. ultimately you're not going to sue the pharmaceutical company because they literally just have more shell companies to turn it over to. Because at this yep. point, Pfizer isn't responsible. Yeah. I mean, Pfizer is responsible. They have their, they have their own karmic destiny. But when the companies are just front companies for what the military yeah. and DOD is doing behind the scenes, this is all this has been done for eons by militaries all over the place. And mm -hmm. they're just they're a cult. It's quiet. It's hidden behind the scenes. And quite honestly, at this point, I mean, nothing against my American fellows out there, but 
we have a fourth grade literacy level or less in America. So I know looking into this, no one's studying it, but it's just us truthers out there who are trying to. And then we come at a level where people are like, well, that sounds a little crazy. So this takes time to kind of, unveil, and we're going to get some, we're going to get some, we're going to get named a few things until we can get the full, you know, at least a good number of people out there who look at this. Yeah, I don't. I don't even worry about being named anything anymore because they're trying to really murder our children. And anybody yeah. that doesn't, I think more and more people they may not know the details, but the good news is, I think that in 2024, there's a lot of people that are waking up to that. I and agree. I think mm-hmm. I, personally, I think we're about to have a big awakening. I think something's happening pretty soon. I just had this, you know, a lot of lot of little things are coming out that I think we never saw before. And there, yeah. we had a thing on what was it called, Courtney? When uh, I know catastrophic disclosure, but what's the other one? The other one's controlled. Controlled disclosure. disclosure. Okay. So, you know, I used to think this idea that we needed, oh, we have to be secret about the real truth about the space programs and stuff because people would just lose it if we just told them the truth. And I said, I'm tired of being treated like a child, but now I've thought about it. The problem is you're right. They've dumbed us down. They've mm-hmm. yeah. they've made us not critical thinkers. There's so, so many and the people are just boob tubed to death and sitting there watching MSM. The problem mm-hmm. is if you just suddenly showed them what the tr- truth is, we're having a hard time talking to them. Because yeah. we're not, we're not, we're we're separating into into groups of people that we can't always speak the same language because they're way over here in their knowledge base, True. And, right. and then we look crazy to them. You know, it's like uh, any Tesla. They thought he was crazy. Everybody that's ahead of the game, they think is crazy. No, hundred percent, because they don't have the language to to <laughs> think about it. Is we, you know, it's it's, and and I'm thankful for like some of the alternative platforms out there where people are coming. Um, whether it's mm-hmm. the telegrams or even other ones out there that, that are allowing at least this content out. Cause you definitely right. There are more people waking up. I think we have to get to, we must have to get to some level that actually pops the full awakening of people in a, in a general manner. But man, there are, luckily I, I'm in Florida. So we're very, we're a very burgundy, not just red. We're like dark red area. So people are, I have a practice full of awake people for the most part, but man, I've been to some other cities and States. I am, I'm shocked, unfortunately, of how, I mean, I, I went to California end the last year. There were, there were people driving their, 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 you know, their bikes. They're, they're just, they're just riding their bikes around with, with a mask, homemade masks. And I'm going, I know, I know. it's just, is it? Like, this isn't even, this doesn't like, I can understand if you put on a regular mask, okay. You're a little afraid, <laughs> you're a little in that system. But like, what do you, you're wearing something that's never been washed in your life. You're in your car, you got them hanging on. This is insanity. It's insanity. Yeah, yeah, I don't even see. I can't. It to me, it's hard. You know, we're we're such herd animals, and they blame they blame so many things on the fact that we don't want to be our, uh, the lone ranger. And yet, you go places, mm-hmm. and there'll be one person in a crowd of a hundred and fifty people who's wearing a mask and doesn't see that that's kind of silly looking. Yeah, I well, really how does that work. I yeah no it's crazy I really thought a lot about this lone wolf term that they keep I, I keep seeing this surface all over the place how a lot of people are saying they're so afraid of and when, by people I, I'm talking about you know like politicians uh, former military they keep talking about the lone wolf and they're so this is part of why we need controlled disclosure and what I've really come to believe is that that's code for we need a group think. We cannot have critical thinkers. We cannot have dissidents. Um, that's really what I think is going on there. Now, what do they think the lone wolves are doing? I guess I've missed that one. So, like, they keep saying how, like, 
Uh, so I'll give you just a concrete example, just to make this very clear for people. I went to that uh, Lindell like summit. You know, it was mostly media who was invited, and he he did this big. It, it was kind of funny because it was a uh, you know the first day was uh, a lot of hope. The second day, the plan was revealed. So it's very much like a nod to Q. And I'm not, this is not a judgment on Q, but it was very much a nod because it was on Q Street <laughs> at the Q Hotel. The plan was revealed. And the plan was this, he shows this uh, remote wireless shark, which is not novel, not new. It's not in, It's not a very advanced technology. This is not like a, yeah, there you go. Oh, with the little flowers? That's cute. Um, yeah, so, for me at Threadfest, by the way. I thought that's Oh, how cute. cute. That is really cute. Um, So it was, uh, and this was not, I I mean, this, it was kind of, I I, I don't want to be, you know, not nice, but it really was kind of laughable. Like this technology was supposedly going to save the elections and save everybody, save the country. And I mean, it it was, couldn't be further from that. But what we heard from some people who had experience in uh, former like military psychological operations was that the purpose was to, you know, for the, the, the people who are on the, the quote unquote left, I mean, I really think that's kind of a false illusion. It's a Hegelian dialectic, but we'll just, you know, for the purpose of the conversation say the people who align on the left the people uh, that believe government more the people who trust government they worship the government they worship the state it is their god religion this is the government religion people okay i got yes (laughs) for those people they would look at this and laugh you know like oh they've got nothing we're we're fine don't worry about it and then uh, for the dissident right what they kept saying is we were so terrified of like, and I've heard, uh, this is just one example. I've heard this term lone wolf so many times, but they were saying, but for the right, we're, we're so afraid of that lone wolf who's going to go. And he's so, they're so freaked out that, you know, our elections are fraudulent and they're going to cause a ruckus. And this is going to quiet them down and give them lots of hope and pacify them. And yeah, the plan. And I mean, that's just one example, but I've heard this so many times and I I'm starting to think, okay, this sounds like, it's a signal to the initiate. This is code for what we really need to do is tame the critical thinkers and appeal to herd mentality. You know, as you're saying, that is a, the intrinsic nature of humanity. We are social beings, um, but they that's what they seem to be really afraid of is anybody who might. Uh, so are, yeah. you, are you saying that Lindell was was a- – pushing that that he was the person behind i don't know that he, the I, don't know that he I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think he was behind it i don't think he knows honestly like i i you know Who i don't think the show <laughs> was right some... well that's just it so <laughs> i don't think to be privy to the behind the scenes of what's going on but i have spoken to lindell several times in person very nice man yeah. i think he from what I can tell, I think his heart is in the right place. I think he genuinely believes in what he's doing. He's invested tons of his own money. I know. You know, I heard that he went bankrupt. I mean, and this is a, somebody who <clears throat> made a fortune, you know, and he really gave it to this cause. I, I'm not saying that he is, but I do think that there are people behind him either exploiting him and his, you know, good intentions or uh, people who are just using uh, you know, his platform. I don't know who, who, what the case is or who those puppet masters are per se. Um, but I do think that there is, you know, because he's the figurehead, he's the the front man. Um, I do think there are people behind the scenes who are either exploiting or using that platform uh, to serve 
potential psyops. Uh, but mm. that is that that was what I heard just mm. circulating. And again, it's just, you know, that's just hearsay. But then I saw so many other instances where that term lone wolf kept coming up and we're so afraid of the lone wolf. And I was like, I think what they're really afraid of are the critical thinkers, the independent. Yeah, they used thinkers. to call us the tinfoil hat people, but you don't have to right. you don't have to murder them or put them in FEMA caps. You just make fun of them, right? <laughs> but now they're talking about their the word has changed. Seriously, the, you know, look at it's like it's like look at their words about what they really did in Wuhan. Yeah. You know, they 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 tell us what they're doing. So the the word the verbiage is changing, and that's it's a little more of an aggressive verbiage. And I think the aggressive verbiage is meant to make them look crazy that they're and dangerous, and they're crazy. dangerous. exactly yeah. dangerous, dangerous crazy. crazy. Yeah, I, I'm exactly. With you. I see and that. by the way, when you're talking about like the predictive programming, the the militaristic term for that is actually operational preparation of the environment. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what it is. So. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Wow. I appreciate well, you having me on so much. Go kill the parasites. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, you know, internally and externally. Right. Yeah. yeah, I have to go. You know, I'm I'm an Iowan, so tonight is the big Iowa caucus, yeah. and I What's have to go participate in the Iowa caucus. And I got to tell you honestly, I think that these are about as useful as the problem as as you know. The, they're they're about as artificial. What I want to say is, we've not been electing people for a long time. It's like living with parasites. We have been just. We have a parasite class. They, they, we, we pretend to vote. They pretend to be elected, and we all just kind of ignore the reality here. Yes. And and uh, it is you know that is you know it's like Nikki Haley. I don't know if you've seen it. What's her What's her real name? I have it here. Hold on a second. You got to hear oh, this. Yeah. This what is, is her because real name? she admits that she his her family came from uh, India. Here's I actually have the picture of her from India, her family, it's Nimaratha Randawa, yes. a.k.a. Nikki Haley. And and the point is, is that we've already been through this with Obama. You know, mm-hmm. where's her birth certificate? So, right. I, you know, my my new um, on my on my website, my new I have a favorite of the week. And I said on my website, I've got, you know, it's a picture of Nikki Haley and Vivak Wamaswamy or whatever. And they're and it says. Two in uh, American politics in 2024, two Indians discussing how we're going to spend how much of the taxpayer dollars we're going to send to Israel. That is essentially <laughs> they're right. That, yeah, that, that seems to be it. Yeah. Well, the Beck is just <laughs> I, I find him South Carolina, to be- but is that true? I mean, uh, maybe, but she talks about coming to this country with her family. She made that comment the other day. So I would really, uh, I think she needs to, we need to actually do a forensic on these people and not accept, you know, if you're going to do that, if you're not, if you're going to accept, see, the problem is if, because if we're right about Obama and I believe our pile, everything he signed is null and void. Think about that. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, Vivek definitely, I mean, there's so much you you can find that's public on him. But, I mean, his whole big pharma background should be kind of a red flag to people. Well, how about Harvard, Yale, and pharma? I mean, again. Or or the fact that he's a Soros fellow. Well, and that helps, too, (laughs) that he's trying to deny it. You know, it's like, that's what I don't know um, if, if, uh, Jace, if you know about Dr. Ender's. I've been talking about this, but I was the guy ask you to all talk about biology. Because yeah. I love your thing. I don't mm-hmm. know if you show his uh, book, but your, your your thing where you have your arm up. It says, 
what do you say, virology? Oh, I, I, that's what I no, named I love that's, that. I love that. That's I what I that's, named the title of the episode. Yeah, well, virology. You named it. I thought yeah. that was the name of his thing. But anyway, I love that. Anyway, the point being is that the guy who is the, he's the father of modern vaccines. That's what they say. He's the father of vaccination. And he's the guy that, whose seminal paper was supposed to be what all virology rests on. He, he's a fraud. It, the whole background is a fraud. I don't know who he, I don't know if he existed. I'm going to assume maybe he did out there somewhere, but he went to Harvard and Yale. He got, he got, he was a member of the Scroll and Key Society. He, I tweeted her thread right under your thread, uh, Dr. Dean, so you can look that up. Oh, yeah, that. nice. Yeah. And it tells you, I mean, the things they say in his biology, biography at the Nobel Prize site, are false. They can't be right. It said he left Yale in 1917 to go off and fight in World War One as a pilot in the Air Force. There was no Air Force and with the rank of ensign. And you don't have ensigns in the Air Force or the Army. Okay, so there's none of that could be true. And they claim he got a PhD in immunology and bacteriology in 1930 from Harvard. But immunology wasn't a PhD from Harvard until 1974. What are we dealing with here? Oops. You know, you can go on and on. There's not, it's not just that. I mean, there's just unbelievable yeah and a high school student could honestly pick that apart i think mm -hmm. if you really look at it so um yeah i i really uh, we're living in a truman show and every day it gets more unreal <laughs> i think totally true now you know here's the ultimate parasite point question how about the vril you looked yeah. at the vril i'm not <laughs> i'm not joking it's a whole other that's a whole other rabbit hole it's a huge one though and and it really yeah. Because the society, the real society, and look at the Black Eye Club. You know, mm -hmm. that's the point is that because you made the point earlier look, we're having people's personalities change yes. because they're getting infected with parasites. What if there's a master parasite that they only give to the leaders, and that parasite doesn't make you incompetent, it makes you subservient to whoever's the, the uber parasite? <laughs> you know, 100%. The uber vril. I don't know. I don't know. That would be very interesting. Well, so with the uh, parasites, uh, we we've talked about this a little bit before because there is a. So I, I'm I'm guessing both of you are really strong proponents. I know Dr. Lee, you have your whole uh, parasite cleanse on your site, which is great. So you're proponents of of dealing with these parasites, but I do know. Um, and I know this from my own experience that people can have what, you know, they call a Herxheimer response. Um, so is that something people should be? I, I know we've talked a little bit about that. You have to cycle. I, I'm curious yeah. if your thoughts on it as well, uh, just because it, it can be really unpleasant. And I think in some cases it can actually be dangerous for people. So, yeah. Yeah. For, I mean, we, from my vantage point with, with Herx reactions, um, people are typically toxic and I always yeah. say either let's cycle. Now I, most people cycle. Uh, I have some people that I will keep on, but I change formulas. And then okay. with that, if they become really reactive to it, I just pull back the doses a little bit more. And I tell people, mm -hmm. I tell people like if they work directly with me, uh, obviously I manage it, but if they're, if they're just buying protocols, um, I tell them, Hey, if you're new to this and you haven't done this before, lean into it. Don't, don't go crazy. Mm -hmm. Just take a little step forward. Take a few days here, take a few days there, do a couple caps. We'll see what happens. Cause you're going to have some digestive issues. You're going to have some cramping possibly because it's going to get your bowels moving. It's going to kill off some of this stuff that's holding on to the intestines. So, mm -hmm. you know, go at your own pace if you're a little concerned. And then as you build up confidence, you can just start like knocking stuff out and, and, and go that direction. So I, uh, uh, I let them, you have at the end of the day, no matter if it's food, supplements anything we have to build we have to bring back our intuition 
and we have to start mm, feeling yeah. what our body's doing, healing, detoxing, et cetera. Um, cause so if you, at the end of the day, intuition is, is our thing. It's that gut instinct, which that's a whole right. other thing, guts and parasites and, and neurotransmitters. Um, we have to start understanding our bodies more. We have to know what healing and detox actually are. I was right. going to try and find it. I've got a video because I've had the Herxheimer reaction. I've yeah. got a video called the holiday Herxheimer. <laughs> I, I, and I, it, that, and yes. I call it that because this is exactly what happens is that if you're doing cycling and I, I'm yeah. with you, I think cycling is probably necessary. Can I prove that? No, not completely. But I like your full moon thing. I have that too. It was like, it, I, I thought that was crazy when I first heard it, but it's true that, yep. that things hatch out. This is a cyclic, like we cycle as human beings. Why should we think parasites don't? They cycle at the full moon. But what happens is if you, just so people know, if you go too long, and this isn't just about parasites, you know, syphilis, well, maybe it's, I guess, syphilis used to give, this is where we got the name, that if you have too many bad bugs of any kind swimming around in your blood and you suddenly kill them all, surprise, you can get sick from all the toxins. So right. I was taking, I was down, so I was taking um, every I was almost at two weeks. So I was almost at twice a month protocol. I was, I started at three on five off and I, I took the off time and I lengthened it slightly. And then we went on holiday. We went on a Thanksgiving trip and we both, my husband and I, this is how I figured it out because both of us, when we got back, got the sneezing, wheezing, uh, you know, like a, it became like flu. Like we were really miserable for a few days and then I realized we had gone like three weeks without doing a cleanse. We came back and did the did the two days, three days of, of medicines, and boom, we killed off all those parasites all at once. That's the problem. That is what mm -hmm. happens. So the answer is that's don't don't do it wrong. It isn't the parasite cleanse per se that does it. It's doing it wrong. Would you say that? Yeah, Sarah? yeah, I understand. I mean, it's it's. When you when you kill something off, it doesn't want to go. These things will also kind of fight back, and they try to evade mm -hmm. being killed. So you, it's it's probably the only thing in healthcare that I've seen because obviously it's a living thing. Technically, it's the only thing yeah. that I've seen that throws different curveballs at you as a person because they mm -hmm. fight back. So it's not like a metal cleanse or a mold cleanse, anything like that. Typically, so yeah, you have to turn your brain on. That, you know, use that intuition, that gut feeling, right? You got to pull that gut feeling back. We've lost gut feeling because these things are sitting in our gut. So absolutely. <laughs> right. We, no, seriously, uh, I truly believe that people have lost their gut intuition because literally leaky gut, glyphosate, poisons, metals, and parasites. And stuff. Fluoride. When fluoride. You, you know, and, and they can, they, you know, what I've noticed, remember, they used to blame women's, uh, oh, they still do. They blame women's sugar cravings on the progesterone because it la it's yeah. the last half of the cycle. But I'm going to tell you, and I've tested it myself, when I get a real sugar craving, even if it's not time for me to do a, a, a parasite, you know, a couple of days, I do it and immediately that sugar craving goes out. Yeah. How about let's think that at the full moon, all these parasites are hatching out. They got to eat something. So you get sugar cravings. In other words, they're changing our behavior 100%. to benefit them. Absolutely agree. Yep. And since you brought up uh, cycles, I, I'm very curious about that as well. I don't think I don't, uh, you know, as both of you said, you don't want to blame everything necessarily on parasites. But I am actually really curious. There's so much, we know that the parasite clash is definitely targeting, uh, you know, they, they want to depopulate us. So they target like like COVID, for instance, if it was a bioweapon, looks like it was targeting the reproductive organs. And it does seem like there is a huge uptick in uh, women. I, now it's like one out of every four 
four women have uh, mm-hmm. fibroids. There's a thyroid issues are which are of course you know connected the pituitary axis. So uh, I'm curious if uh, you think that there is a parasite parasitic component to uh, some of these hormonal and reproductive issues. I think there's definitely a component. Is it everything? Yeah. No, because hormones are right. a, a really uh, complex formula. However, I will say this. Um, we're dealing with cholesterol issues. People are on statins. We're also dealing with mm-hmm. a liver problem. And I would say just like parasites, I think most everybody in America has a liver that at least needs to be cleaned out or is completely toxic with fatty liver. And one of the, one of the components there is flukes love to live, love to be in the liver. So yeah. you are having a hormone problem. We know the liver's involved because that's for hormones. That's an operation alone. So I always tell people, I'm not saying it's like the whole thing behind sure. it. But if you're not doing regular liver cleanses and parasitic cleanses and working on that liver and even potentially, uh, you know, coffee enemas and things like that, you'll have a backup. The liver is backed up and most most everyone's backed up. I mean, you can tell just by women's hormones are off, men's hormones are off. And at the end of the day, that liver that liver is a component to it because it is our grand filter. What do you think about what do you think about uh, the lung too? Since you're saying liver flukes, do you think you see? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm kind of my friend with asthma got better when we finally got her on. I said, why not try this because they're everywhere. I just don't. Have a lot I, of I just learned that, about that. <laughs> it's, it's also moist. It's moist environment. They love that stuff. So okay. anytime yeah. you have like a moist organ per se, um, they go there. We've had tons of asthma cases turned around just by going after parasites. And again. There's other toxins that are involved. There's obviously nutrient deficiencies involved. So it's not all that. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, in my experience, um, we always tend to, we definitely hit the parasites in the beginning because we know they're going to be there. Some people, it comes a little bit afterwards. But I will tell you, some of our biggest improvements in the beginning was going, okay, let's hit the parasites. We're also going to be mm-hmm. handling some stuff over here and being in, yeah. and building that organ back up. But uh, I've never seen a bigger change in somebody's health without handling the parasites at some point, usually in the beginning, at least starting to kill them off. And parasites are not a two week thing. Like you don't kill them off. No. And go, okay, I'm good and done. <laughs> I mean, I've been doing this for years and I still go through cycles myself. <laughs> well, me too. I mean, I thought I was doing real, you know, and, and now do you find, cause I found this in myself. I thought I was really towards the end. I thought, you know, I'm can, I can do this now once a month. And then yeah. all of a sudden I couldn't because something changed. Like you said, now that you've said this to me, I think that's, I think I get it, that they've changed their behavior a little bit. And now I have a different kind of about, you know, you get, it sounds a little creepy, but you get to be an expert looking at your bowel movements. Oh, the yeah. Chinese used to do that. That was a big part of Chinese medicine. But you look at it and you can see, oh, okay, something else is, is uh, coming out now. Absolutely. So I, 100%. Yeah. It's I mean, it's, it's again, we we have to build we have to turn our intelligence up again we have to turn our intuition up again and we have to monitor what's happening i mean <laughs> at the end of the day i always joke um yeah you guys could handle this but i tell i tell people on my show most of you wouldn't survive at our at our dining room table at night i mean it's it's myself my wife and a 10 year old daughter and and then sometimes my in-laws are involved and they were in the medical paradigm and they know what's going on i go and most of you would not be able to hang because the things we talk about eat because we're used to it and be, but it, it's this idea we're always talking about okay are we looking in the toilet are we you know we're constantly monitoring in our house our, our bodies and what's going on not because we're over infatuated with ourselves but we're 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 trying to be as healthy as we possibly can and so 
you've got to look, you've got to, you got to make sure you got to, you're responsible at the end of the day for what your body is doing, what your healthcare is. And that's one of the other problems in America is we have to be more responsible for us. I tell people every, every time I close a show, I tell people at the end of the day, it's you looking in the mirror for your physical life, your mental life, your spiritual life. You have to take responsibility for yourself. And I will just add to that. I really think there's been a huge, um, like cultural, uh, initiative in order to make people so repulsed by everything about the body. Yes. I I think that was done by design so that we don't learn, you know, just, and that we're not interested. Right. Like I think just really basic things that if we, if we weren't, we didn't have this immediate aversion reaction, then we, we would probably things like just very simply the birth control pill would never have taken off. Because people would, because if mothers had taught their children, they had taught their daughters, you know, just to, I don't want to gross everybody out, but just to look at their cycles, look at their cervical mucus, you would probably be able to know when are you fertile, when are you not. But because we're repulsed by everything, and I'm not trying to, you know, be graphic here, but I really think that that was intentionally done mm-hmm. so that we don't take responsibility because we're so, you know, adversely reacting. Well, look at the old time doctors looked at their urine, you know, looked at people's urine, tasted urine to see if it was sweet. But, you know, I just thought of it as as you were talking, you guys, because in medical school, I've been telling people, yeah, we never I I may have had a nutritional lecture. I just can't remember it. You know, (laughs) I mean, that's that bad. But the other thing I absolutely know that beyond maybe a couple passing sentences in a lecture by a GI doctor at some point, nobody ever had us looking at people's stools. We never looked, you know, we were never taught yeah. to do stool analysis other than send some to the lab for, for you know, to check right. bugs. Interesting. I didn't think about that until just now, but that's another, yeah. Why, yeah. that's a and huge bit of information every day on your bio, you know, what's going on. Yeah, in your body. And we're never that. looking at it. And I mean, I remember the kid, like that was something when you went to the pediatrician, they did ask, they said, oh, did, did you go number two day? I remember they used to do it in camp, actually. And now it's like, but even then it was starting to be like sensitive, like that's a gross topic. We have to be really careful. We have to, you know, but it, it's so basic and it is just basic feedback for for everybody yeah. that they don't need to go get fancy testing. I mean, you can get more elaborate stool testing, but I mean, if people were just at least familiar, most people don't even look, you would Until have a sense older, of right. Until they're older. And then it's, is the joke is, you know, you've reached, uh, you know, m- you know, older age when you turn your attention from your genitals to your bowels. <laughs> so, you know, we expect old people to look and then worry about their bowel movements, but not young people. We just ignore right. it. So they yeah. just ignore them. Not a young Absolutely. person. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, you know, this is the, this is the beauty of, of, you know, all different people thinking about these things because suddenly it wakes you up to, to what we've been denied. Yeah. You know, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. I I agree. And so, uh, do you have any big new plans that you're going to come out with here and your practice or your, your brave TV I know is, is your baby. You want to talk about that a little bit or. Yeah, we're just expanding as fast as possible. Um, we're working on we're working with Cloud Hub now and actually getting more information out to there because the parallel economy is really what we have to do. And then from a from a healthcare standpoint, we are man, I'm, I'm I have like waiting lists in practice because I still like am in practice full time and wow. doing all this stuff. We're unleashing 
Um, a lot of a lot of the that's one right there. You see the vitamin C and the natokinase, non-GMO, uh, trying to get people because we have people coming in who have major problems there as well. Um, we're seeing people. Obviously, we're not a first um, we're not a first line for people coming in that have had vaccines because obviously we're natural health, but we're still dealing with it. And people are dealing with it, and quite honestly, we're seeing so many people with vaccine injuries, um, parasite issues, gut problems. And so honestly, I, I pretty much stay right in the basics because strangely enough, even when we try to nerd out with DNA, which I do all that stuff, people are so struggling with the basics that I, I spend most of my day, Dr. Merritt, with handling people on their diet. I'm not a nutritionist. I, I'm not a dietitian, but just saying, hey, let's stop the carbs. Let's stop the crappy sugar. Let's put in the good protein and, and work on that. And then let's kill off some of these things in your body that are not supposed to be there. And people miraculously get well. Like, isn't that, isn't that shocking? And so I, I stay with that and just kind of keep on building on that. And really, my, my intentions and goals are uh, coming on shows like this, talking to you guys, one, expanding our knowledge base and letting more people mm-hmm. know about it. And then just going to more people because really that's – that's how we win this thing. You know, we can nerd out all day long, but we just have to get in front of more people and have it spread so that they can tell more people. And ultimately this, that's how you overturn this thing is, is voting with your, your social media views, your, your listening views and your dollars. Yep. Yep. I think so too. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you guys for ladies for, for having me on. I have to run to another interview. Yeah. Well, thank you. That was really excellent. And 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 again, come back and talk to you guys and have you on my show as well, because it's such good information and and, um, they need this data. And what's your website? Uh, Brave.com is the website and you can go through all the social media channels there. We're catching a lot of steam on X now, which is really good just to, just to be out there. But Brave.com is the main one and uh, we're rocking it out there five days a week. Nice, awesome. nice, very nice. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, yeah. you've been you've been definitely dangerous with us. We appreciate that. <laughs> oh, I pre- I appreciate both of you. Keep up the great work. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So welcome. All righty. So we'll see everybody next week. Yes. Stay, stay dangerous. Speak dangerous <laughs> truths. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.